Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. Before we start, I just want to thank a few of our stomps, a few of our sponsors. Uh, first, Scout to Hunt. They just released their new free app on um, Android, so now you can get it on both iOS and Android. It's it's really cool. You guys ought to check it out. There's mapping information and all sorts of good information on there. And then also Scree Gear. Um, just want to give them a shout out. I used their camo all this last year, and it was awesome. I really like their stuff. They just came out with a new pattern, so definitely check that out. And then last but not least, um, Ancient Boots. Uh, they're, they're stocking boots, and I used them last year on the archery hunt, and they're a game changer. They're, they're one of my favorite pieces of equipment I have. Um, just really helpful and really cool. Anyways, let's get let's get into this podcast here. This week we have Jonathan Jimerson. He killed a really big general season archery buck this year. Out of all the bucks killed this year, this is one of the bucks that I was probably most jealous of. Uh, I got to see it in person, and it's just it's just a really cool buck. Has a little bit of everything, and it killed on a general season unit also. So doesn't get much better than that. And um, let's let's get Jonathan on the line and hear his story. Getting on, Jonathan. I appreciate you your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to tell the story. Yeah, it sounded like it was a pretty cool story. I heard just bits and pieces of it, but um, kind of where did it start? When's the first time you you saw this buck and um? I guess, how, how did the story begin? So I actually initially found this buck in 2018. Um, back in 2018, he wasn't very big, just tall, very, you know, not not a big buck at all. And so I didn't really give him a whole lot of look. But the following year in 2019, I I found him again, and he he grew a lot. He was a, he was a good buck. Um, so I actually pursued him in 2019 pretty hard, um, the whole archery hunt, and then, um, I wasn't able to get on him and going into 2020 over the summer when I started scouting. There's How a few big different was he areas. In 2019, like so 2019, was he bigger or than the year you killed no, him? He, I think, I think it's, I think it was pretty close. But he has, he's, I, I, I think he's quite a bit bigger, a little bit bigger this year than he was, or I guess in 2020 than he was in 2019. He, he changed quite a bit. Um, his so as you. When you look at the pictures, you can see his right yeah. side is the bigger, the dominant bigger side on, on him when I killed him. But it was actually opposite, um, the last year. But, oh really? Um, he, so did yeah, he, have he was, the, like, did he have the inline on the other side, or was was that just a four? Or? So on the, so this year that on him when I killed him, he has that inline on the right side. And last year yeah. he actually had a. I was probably like a four or five inch in line on the, in the same area on the left side. And then he had an extra on, I think it was on his G3. Oh, really? 2019. So he, he, I would have been happy to kill him in 2019 too, but I'm grateful I got him when I did. So did you ever get close to killing him in 2019? Like, did you have some close calls or was he just too elusive? No, he, this buck was a smart buck, man. He, in, in 2019, I I watched him a lot and I glassed him up a few times, but I just I can never make 
I, I didn't even get, I never even got super close to him. I hunted him pretty hard throughout the whole hunt. I just, I was never able to make nothing happen. Um, yeah. And then in 2020, he gave me that same run, but I guess just my knowledge of knowing him and watching him the last couple of years, I was able to outsmart him and make it happen. Kind of paid off. So was he in, so fast forward to 2020, did you know pretty much immediately it was the, the buck you, like the same buck? Yep. So in in June, I I started, you know, watching that area that I've known him in the past few years in June, and I was actually able to glass him up, and um, instantly I knew just because the way his, the way his, so if you look at the right side, that um, the main beam, how it's, it looks shorter, but it's kind of weird because both main beams are actually pretty much the same measurement. It just kind of throws you off because of that um, the G4. Yeah. It comes out on the right side, um, but the way that that where that first fork is on the right side it's in all three years it's been pretty identical along with his the way his eye guards have been set up how he has the eye guard on the right side and then on the left side he has a little bump that's kind of forward up out on, on the front side of the of the horn okay and yeah so I, picture yep and so i so when, when i glassed him up i i threw a trail camera out in there and i was able to get some camera pictures of him and and you know compare them to to the year before and i Hundred percent the same buck. So at that moment, I knew he was the one I was pursuing. Yeah, so he's your number one buck. Yep. Yep. He was. There was a couple other decent bucks I was watching, but he was. He was the one I was hundred percent going after. Yeah. So you you didn't kill him like opening day, right? So kind of. So now you kind of have him scouted. You you have him kind of figured out based off of previous years and this year's scouting um and then the hunt comes how how did that kind of go it was it was a tough hunt man it was it was hot i think most days i spent because i was i watched him and i patterned him and all that and i and i knew that he was there was times in the midday where he was pretty active um he, you know i'd I'd really? be out glassing and yep i'd glass him up at i think a few times i glass him up between noon and two o'clock of him moving around, getting up and eating a little bit. And so when the hunt started, I knew that I wanted to put 120% effort into it. And so the whole hunt, I I took the the first week or so off of work and I, I hunted my butt off for, after him. And I spent, you know, I was out there from before sunup to after sundown every single day until I killed him. And it was the eighth evening that I finally made it happen on him. Jeez, so I, that, that's going to be challenging. How like visual was he? So like, you say you killed him the eighth day. How many how many days did you see him like during the hunt before that? So it was hit and miss. I glassed him up a few times, um, but it was he just where he was from where I was glassing. I just it was it was hard making a game plan just because a lot of the times where I was ready to make a game plan, it'd be you know too close to dark or by the time I'd get up to the ridge where he was he was below, it would be too late to make anything happen. But I. Actually, on day five, the evening of day five, I actually had an encounter where super close call, and it's kind of a funny story. Um, so I, I made a stock in on him, and I was, I think it was 45, between 45 and 50 yards from him, and I was kneeled down behind a scrub oak, and and he was it was perfect because like, I couldn't have gotten a better opportunity than that. And when I set my release on my, my D-loop and went to pull back, a wasp actually stung me on no. my thumb. 
Yep. And it made me flinch a little bit, but I remember instantly thinking, man, I can't let that just, I can't let that get me. And I, but when I, so when I was able to, he stopped and looked at me and I just froze and kind of got behind that bush the best I could. And he, he went back to doing his thing, munching on some scrub oak and I was able to get pulled back. But right when I pulled back my, when I flinched, I think I knocked my, my, um, my arrow out of my, off of my string and it, my arrow went falling and made, spooked him out of there. So I thought for sure I was done for with him. So I actually didn't, I, I actually didn't see him again until when I, when I got him on the eighth, eighth evening. No way. So what was like going through your head? So like in oh, I thought, years, have you, has he kind of stayed in that area? Like, did you think he was gone or did you kind of know he was going to come back? I don't, I was, I was hopeful he was going to come back. Like I said, it was, I went three, pretty much three full days without seeing him. So I was getting pretty discouraged on that eighth evening. I thought, sure, I, I messed it up, mm. but I just, you know, I just stayed persistent with it. And there wasn't any, cause I, there wasn't any other bucks that I was really wanting too much after, you know, having the opportunity with him. So I knew staying persistent was all I could do at that point and paid off eighth evening. So what will walk us through how you killed him. So you spot him in the evening. Are you by yourself? Um, yeah. So this whole hunt, I pretty much, I hunted my whole by myself. Um, so you, you said you want me to talk about the evening I did get him? Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear that. Yeah. So I, so that evening I was doing the same thing. Um, I, you know, I got out there in the morning and, you know, spent all day out there and, um, I, I was having a hard, I wasn't, I, I didn't catch eyes on him until like, I think it was like an hour before sundown. Um, and yeah. when I, when I caught eyes on him, I knew that I needed to make a quick and good game plan just cause I, you know, it was running through my head. How many, how many opportunities am I going to have at the buck? And I didn't think I was going to get an opportunity because the one that I blew with the beast or the lost thing was a pretty good opportunity I had at him. And so when I when I glassed him up when I glassed him up again that evening, I you know I boogied on over and made a how good game plan. How far did you and, him from? So like when when you turned him up again, how far are you from him? So I spotted. I was probably I bet three or four hundred yards away when I glassed him up. It, it's not a big canyon that I was that I've watched him in. Okay. Um, so I bet. It, so I just I I kind of knew which where he hangs out in there, and so I tried to stay up on the top opposite end of where he was moving through um when I glassed and so I I backtracked a little bit and hopped over the other ridge and I had I had some good landmarks that I knew so I'm pretty familiar with that area I hopped right over onto him and I was I bet I was probably five or ten minutes at most before um sunset before I before I made that opportunity and it was what was it I think I was 20 I, I got within 25 because it was pretty thick in there and so you can't there's no way I'm going to be making a, you know, 70 yard shot in the yeah. area that I was at. And so I was able to, the wind was in my favor and just everything worked out good that evening again. And I got within, I can't remember the exact distance. I think it was 24 yards from him and I let one fly. And I knew I hit him when I, when I, when I, I released it, you know, I, he made that jump and took off up the ridge. And, and after that happened, I, you know, I waited, I waited for like 20, 30 minutes and, decided I wanted to go down um to where I made that shot and and where he was standing I was able to I wasn't able to find that arrow right then but I found some blood and so I I decided to pull out and I 
you know, hiked back down to my truck and I called my brother-in-law and told him that I, cause he knew I was hunting this buck pretty hard. And yeah. And I called and he met me down and there. It took him, I think it took him between two or three hours to get down to me. And I didn't, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of weird. I just like playing on the costume side of it all. When I, when I shoot something with my bow, I want to make sure they're dead and I don't want to go. Do you hear, do you hear horror stories about people going in too soon, jumping them out and then they don't see them again? Yeah. So I, so I decided instead of going in after him by myself, I, I would wait and my brother-in-law met me out there where I was at and we hiked in and he only went probably a hundred yards and was up the top of the ridge and dead there. And I was, I was pretty excited. <laughs> what, what was it like walking up on him after? So you oh, knew that buck for three years and then the whole walk thing and then. <laughs> yeah, it's a feeling you can't really describe unless you, unless you experience it. There's, there's not a feel, especially with the archery kill, you just can't, it's just, it's a feeling like, like none other. So when I, I, we followed his trail up, it was, it was a pretty, pretty good blood trail going up the ridge. And the first sight I seen of him were his, were his back, was his hindquarters. And I got super excited and walked up to him and I just, he's a lot bigger in person than I was expecting, expecting him to be. And but like I said, it was just feeling that you can't really super rewarding all that hard work I put in all summer and those eight long, you know, 100 plus, 110 degree days of wet my butt off and, you know, that bee sting and all that finally paid off. And so it was, it was an awesome feeling. Jeez. Yeah, that's such a cool buck. Did you get like a tape on him at all? Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of tapes on him and, and, uh, and we got him, we got him at 192 and, and a half is where he's sitting right now. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. He's he's such a cool looking buck, like just the big inline, and then like he said, like his beams are actually longer than they look in the pictures. When I when I saw him in yep. real life, there, yeah, they're a lot bigger. Every bit of one. Pictures, yeah, the pictures don't do him justice at all. He's like his his spread, his measurable spread is like a little over 16 inches, so that kind of shows you. And what that, what that, what he is there, but he's, yeah, yeah he's his character, his character on that right side's unreal. That inline's a, that inline's a 12 inch inline. No so way. That gives, yeah. So that kind, that kind of gives you an idea of his character too. Yeah, just how long everything is. So, how many days do you think you put in like scouting to, to kind of pattern him, like before the hunt? Oh man. So, so like I said, I. The, the first year when I first found him in 2018, I didn't really put a whole lot of, you know, I didn't really watch him all super close because he wasn't he wasn't at the point where I, that I was wanting to pursue you quite yet. Yeah. So I didn't put a whole lot of effort into him then. But then that year, the next year, I put a lot of effort into him, and he he kind of kept that same pretty much that same pattern that he had from 2019 over to 2020. So I kind of going into 2020, I had that advantage of knowing the history of him. Um, I, I kind of knew the his pattern and he changed he did change it a little bit but it was pretty similar but i i probably spent you know i spent every weekend out glassing and, and i you know i've had a camera in there and so i was able to, to um keep an eye on him with that too as well and so i i i, I, don't, I don't know i couldn't tell you every weekend from you know beginning of june throughout the hunt yeah so the time. i think you, you kind of already said it like um, knowing his pattern from year to year, but what 
what other things do you think kind of helped in killing this buck? And it's in like, what did you learn scouting? And what would you say was like the biggest in, piece of information you had? I think the biggest, I bet, I think the biggest, I guess, advice I can give someone is just persistence. Like persistence is a big thing when you come to archery hunt. Patience and persistence. You can't, you know, like going back to my hunt, I spent eight days, full days out there hunting. And after that beasting, I didn't see him for three days. And I just, you just, I kept saying persistent and patient. And, it, you know, I feel like that's the biggest thing that pays off. But I feel like, you know, learning a deer's pattern and just kind of knowing that deer is really the biggest, the biggest thing. And then obviously you got to have a little bit of luck there too, to make it, make ends meet with the wind and all that. Everything kind of has to work out good in your favor. Yeah, I think that's good advice, and I think you kind of proved that it works in your story. Because um, those hot days and then those summer days are so long too; it just seems like they go on forever. So to exactly keep and then be out there by yourself most of the time, I mean, I'm sure a lot of other people would have given up, especially after um, what happened with the the bee sting, and then not being able to turn them up for a few days. That's got to be that's got to be tough. So I think your persistence definitely killed this buck. And like I said, it's just an awesome buck. And then I appreciate it. Yeah. So you've killed, you've killed a few archery bucks. I'm looking on your Instagram. There's another big four point um, you killed. Um, Do you mind telling that story a little bit while I have you on? Yeah, so that that archery buck was was my biggest was my biggest kill up to this one this year. Um, he he was he ended up scoring mid 180s. Um, and his story, I I ended up killing him. He was actually, um, I killed him. I think it was the third weekend of the archery hunt. So it was the last actual weekend of the archery hunt. And it oh. was I put a lot of work I put a lot of work into that buck too. I didn't I didn't spend as many straight days like I did on this buck, but I spent a lot of you know, kind of the same thing, just a, a lot of time on that buck, too. And I, I I ended up finding him over the summer, too, and I watched him all summer. So that's – the summer scouting's really been a big big thing for me is, you know, finding the bucks and then, you know, learning their patterns and then making a game plan once the hunt comes. But it's it's tough when you get these big mature bucks because they don't get big by being dumb. So they you got to learn how to outsmart them pretty good. But I actually had uh, – on that buck in 2016, I actually had a couple of really close encounters too before I was able to make ends meet on him, um, and I was I was able to steal it. And that one, I think, I was I think I was like 40, 40, 45 yards when I got him, and and he actually ended up when I shot him. He was he was another evening buck, and I did and I actually ended up leaving him all night. Just I was I was kind of worried, but I, after. A, was he your target buck? Like, was was he your number one buck? You said you had other encounters with him. Is that kind yeah, of yeah? So he was he was my number one buck. There was actually a really cool cheater buck that it would have scored smaller, but he was pretty cool. That was running in the same area with him. They were they didn't run around together too much, but they were in that same area that and I would I would have you know, I would have made ends meet on him too if I had the opportunity. I just but he was he was definitely the biggest my number one buck that year as well. Okay, then. So, Sorry, I kind of cut you off. So you you found him in the evening, and then yeah. Uh, so kind of yeah, talk. So it was 
Sorry, talk, what was that? Talk us through kind of the what happened, how you killed them. So were you by yourself again on this one? No, I was actually with one of my buddies on when I killed him when I ended up getting him and Okay. And um and it was kind of the same thing. We were actually sitting on we were sitting on a draw where we knew he was passing through. We kind of we kind of because he was kind of in a harder area to glass. He wasn't really in a big, you know, in, where I can get up high in glass. Yeah. So I, so I kind of knew his pattern, and I, I, I kind of just made a natural blind with some scrub oak, and we we're kind of sitting in some scrub oak when I ended up making ends meet on him. Um, oh, that's sweet. So he just walked right, cut pretty much right where you thought he was coming. Yeah. Yep. And kind of like I said, it just luck was in my favor that evening too. I, I, I had a couple of close encounters where I. I tried a little bit of spot and stalking, but it just it was there's a lot of it was just a hard area to do some good spot and stalking. So, you know, I was at that point in time I was you know getting down to the end of the hunt. It was my third weekend, so that evening we actually so he actually disappeared for a little bit. So I was watching him, and I for that whole week before the hunt, I um, wasn't able to catch eyes on him, and so. It was, I think it was a Saturday. It was either a Saturday. Yeah, I think it was either a Friday or Saturday, but I think it was a Saturday that I ended up getting him. And, and I actually actually spotted him that morning because um, I spent a lot of the week um, chasing another buck in a different area that I was hunting. Oh, okay. but that Saturday morning, that Saturday morning, we decided to come back and, and check in on him. And I was actually able to find him. So I decided that evening I was going to make a game plan on and just sit sit where I knew he was coming through and luck worked out in my favor that evening and I was able to make it happen on him. <laughs> That's, That's another yeah. cool buck. Those are two two they're both general season, right? Big archery. Yeah, both. yeah that was that one was a uh, pretty frustrating just because I've never at that point in time I never had killed something that big and so I was I was still learning a lot and you know, the patient persistence paid off, but I was a lot more hesitant with it. Just because in the back of my head, I was like, man, should I be chasing this other buck that I'm watching this different area? Or this is the buck, you know, this buck that I, that buck that I killed is the one I was really going after. So I decided to stay persistent on him. And so I learned after that hunt that you're not going to win them all, but being persistent is going to be your best key on, you know, killing a big buck, big mature buck. So it paid off. So what kind of, so this buck kind of taught you that, but, do you think that kind of just came with age and stuff like just like more years hunting that you're, you're able to kind of realize that yeah. and just stick with one certain buck and. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think that, you know, just years and years of hunting and, you know, learning from my, my failed attempts and my mistakes that, you know, I kind of, everyone has their own, their own way of doing things. I feel like I've kind of found my niche on, on how things were, have worked out for me, and and um, but but I feel like that's that's how I've learned is just from my mistakes, and you know, plus it's 2016 I killed that buck, and I did, killed ended up killing a decent muzzleloader buck a couple of years later, and then I got this one um, this this last year, and so but I feel like that's my my biggest thing on hunting is just persistence and patience. Yeah, and learning. Scouting is scouting is the most important part of the hunt. Yeah, so let's let's talk about scouting just for a little bit. So, um, like, how do you find uh, new areas? Like, what are your tactics? Are you are you looking kind of first on Google Earth, or 
are you hunting the same areas year after year or yeah so i run onyx maps which i'm sure a lot of people are familiar with um with, and it's, it's pretty nice because you can kind of learn the strain off of that but honestly a lot of my a lot of my years of, of scouting you know most places i've looked at i have not worked out for me um so that's just the thing is just try new areas you try it try an area for a while and you're not glassing up what you want to glass or you know you hunt it for a year and it didn't, doesn't work out for you i will always just kind of move on to a different area and so just learning learning the terrain of the area you hunt is has been a big um pretty has been pretty helpful for me and then just learning from areas that haven't panned out for you and moving on to new areas and kind of at least the way i've done it is areas that haven't panned out for me i've kind of just marked off and will move on to a new area and you know pursue my scouting and my... so how many let's so you have a new area or two do you how how many days do you put in that area before you kind of mark it off or move to a different area are you glassing just like one evening and there's nothing really there were you giving it a few no. glassing sessions or no I'll, I'll give every every area a few glassing sessions i don't i because you know when you're out hunting you don't always glass up the buck you're after in, in a day you know what i mean so right. I, I i strongly believe that that you got to give an area you know a good chance before you can write it off really and so i'll i'll glass up an area and if i if i'm getting good action i'll i'll throw a camera down in the area i'm glass and just kind of have a second set of eyes and then yeah if, if i'm not getting what i'm wanting there but i have good action you know the next year that comes i'll i'll check it out again and see what what's grown or what's showing up in that area so are you are you trying to find like uh areas that are near water especially like a year like last year where it's so dry do you take that into account at all or is i do I do. things you look for so i take that into consideration but honestly i'm not i don't like hunting water a lot just because when i hunt i don't like being around people mm -hmm. i'm being in my own area so so i like to know where water is and kind of where they're going to be traveling for the water but but the areas, I, I just kind of, you know, I'll get up in a big ridge and look for, for, um, you know, good, you know, spots where they're going to be bedding in or feeding and spots that I feel are going to be good, you know, big buck country. And so I'll, that's kind of what I look for more so than water. I'm not, I don't, you know, I've never put a camera on water or nothing like that, or I've watched a water spot just because for that reason. Yeah. You, you hunt water, you're going to be, you're going to have a lot of competition in that little area with people. Well, that's well, that's me. That I know everyone has their own techniques and the way they do things. I just have always. So when I like to know where the. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, what was that? No, oh, go ahead. So I was just talking. So when you killed your 2020 buck, did you have much like competition from other hunters, or did did you kind of have that buck somewhat to yourself? I didn't run into a whole lot of people. There was I know there's a few other people in the area. And after I killed him, there was actually there was actually another guy that reached out to me and said he's seen that buck, he's that he got on his camera. Um, oh. But for the actual hunt in the area I was, I didn't I didn't run into one person, but I know there was people within you know a mile or two of me. Yeah. So and that's the thing about the general hunts, you're never really going to get away from that too much. Yeah, even if you're <laughs> find some secluded areas, you still have a yeah. little bit of competition. Yep, and I, and I and I hunt pretty like I get in there 
Like I'm not, I'm definitely not one that hunts right off the road or gets just a little bit off the road. I definitely get my worth of hiking in when I'm, you know, hiking up in after the into my spot so I watch the big deer in. But so when you when you hike in, are are you are you kind of packing in and staying the night, or do you come back? Is it more like a day hike? Yeah, it's more like a day hike. Usually I'll pack in pretty heavy with you know, all the water, especially this year, I packed in a lot of water each day, but I'll, uh-huh. I'll just pack in what, what I need need for that full day. And then, you know, once the sun, once the sun went down, I'd pack out and then, and then come back in early. I'd get up in there before this a little bit before the sun came up. Okay. And just do that day by day. So I, I personally haven't done a whole lot of, of, you know, packing in and camping out. I would like to, I just haven't, I really haven't done a whole lot of, no, whatever you've been doing, it looked like it worked last year. You can't, that's a hard bike yeah. to beat. No, I agree. It's going to be more grateful for the way it worked out. So what's, uh, what's your 2021 hunting season looking like? You know, I think, I think I'm just going to keep going with my same routine, you know, starting May or June, I'm going to get back out there and, and try to see what I can pull up and, Hopefully I can get me another good, because I have, I, I have dedicated hunter. And so I have that, my buck last year was my first year on that. So I have one more year for the next two years. And so I'm, I'm going to do the same thing, see if I can pull something up and, and kind of, I, I guess kind of just go with the flow. If I pull something up that I'm really wanting to pursue, I'll do it hard. And if not, I'll just, you know, keep glassing until I find something. Do you have a few bucks in mind or? Did you kill the biggest buck and start from ground zero pretty much? There's there's a couple there's a I have a couple other bucks that I have been watching the last few years that I'm definitely gonna be checking in on. Yeah. See what they look like, see what they turn into this year. So I'll definitely hit some of my spots that I've been hitting the last few years and check out, you know, how their those bucks are coming. Then I'll probably every year every year I like to get out and explore new territory too and so I'll definitely do some more of that as well. Sweet. Well, um, before we kind of end, I, is there, obviously you've killed a couple of really good bucks on general season tags and then archery too. Is, is there any advice or anything you might want to share with the, the listeners that you feel like has kind of changed the way you hunt or anything? Yeah, I just, I, I feel like, Experience is the most important part of hunting. You know, it was a few years before I ever killed a really mature buck. So I really figured out what worked for me and what works for, you know, making things happen. So persistence, patience, and then just, you know, doing your, your time out in the hills and giving your giving it 120%. I always tell myself that 100% is not enough when it comes to hunting. It's, you got to give it 120%. So just being persistent and dedicated towards it is, is what's has paid off for me in my past and hopefully it'll keep paying off for me in my future. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see what else you kill here in the next few years. It sounds like, uh, sounds like you've got it somewhat figured out. That, that's, that's always fun. And uh, it's, it's definitely rewarding and it's, it's an addiction, you know, <laughs> nothing beats harvesting a good buck with your, your bow and all the work you put behind it. And so it, I'm definitely excited for the years to come. 
Well, cool. I, I appreciate you getting on and sharing your story and sharing some advice with us. Uh, it was good, good to have you on. I think I think people will learn a lot. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing me on, and I love telling the story about this buck this year. And so I was I was pretty excited when you gave me the invite to come on to it. Yeah, well, hopefully we can get you on again next year with your with your next big buck. <laughs> let's, let's hope. Thank <laughs> you.